Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. <laughs> Today, I have the lovely Kimmy Seltzer is a confidence therapist, authentic dating strategist, and image expert with a vat of knowledge and experience as a therapist, certified style coach, date coach, and matchmaker. She has helped people find lasting love and connection, attract success, and build valuable relationships using her unique confidence makeover process. I know Kimmy has tons and tons of experience in this industry, but I'm just going to let you jump in and tell us a little bit about you. I know I'll just put all of your uh, bio in the show notes. So welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's always like funny when I hear people read back my bio because, you know, it's like, and and I feel blessed that I've had, uh, I guess I've been around the block, so to speak. And I guess if you live long enough, that's what happens. Um, But the truth is the, the real reason why I'm so passionate about doing what I do is because of my own story, quite honestly, and which is not on my bio. Um, but, you know, it simply relates to a lot of the things I do. It was funny because as a therapist, I used to think I was helping people. I'm sure I did. And it wasn't until I had something happen to me where I went through something and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't I didn't know a thing. <laughs> but then it's using my personal experience, right, to really like have that wherewithal and knowing how to just help people in this area. So it's so good to be here, May. I know it's like the most successful therapist or matchmaker or Mm. nutritionist or whatever. I feel like with their own personal experience is how they really draw that knowledge and spend hours and hours of researching the topic that they want to be better at. So yeah, that's kind of how I kind of fell into this. I mean, I'm always looking for Asian women to be part of my database so I can set them up because I feel like I want to help my Asian sisters and help them find a good match. So there's a very strong sense of personable, personal experience that happens with, um, with our businesses. I'm sure that's the case for you, but Yeah. I mean, I love talking about dating. I mean, the whole point of me being in this industry is because I am just so nosy about people's love lives, you know? So yes, that is kind of how I got started. But, um, but yeah, so you are an expert at dating coach and tell us how, what you do or what's your process or what's your special skill when you help your clients. Yeah. And well, like I said, it's been a long yellow brick road that I've been skipping down and I've done a lot of different things and help people in a lot of different ways to get to where I am right now. And I will say, if if you don't mind me just kind of backing up and telling my story, because it it is, I you're so right. Our, we are our own best teachers every single time. And I believe adversity are gifts in disguise, but it's not until you're through it. And then you look back and you're like, oh, that was the lesson. And that certainly was the case with me because, you know, gosh, years ago, I mean, I'm from Chicago and that's when I practiced being a therapist. I had a very traditional life and, you know, I had the picket fence, the dog, you know, the, 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 
traditional job, the husband, the kids. I still have the kids, by the way, but you know, you see where the story's going. And so we all pick up and we move across the country and we land here in La La Land. I'm in Los Angeles. And that's when the record stopped. That's when everything that I thought I knew came to a crashing halt. And we decided to do what all the other people here do. We get a divorce. I'm joking. I like, I like to blame LA a lot. <laughs> Poor LA. I love LA. No. And, and the truth is we would have probably gotten here anyway, but it was that moment where I was like, wow, that traditional life went away. And I didn't know what I was going to do with my new life. And I have to say it was a really dark period. And here's the kicker. I was a therapist. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, I knew in my head what I was supposed to do to get out of my own way, to maybe get back out there, to heal. And everything that I was taught up until that point was working from the inside out. And I believed it. Yet, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my own way. And if you saw me back then, I would not be wearing pink. <laughs> I was in all black clothes, hiding from the world. I still had my nursing bras on. I wasn't nursing any longer. I had flip-flops, disheveled hair. Like I was a mess. And I did all the traditional work, but yet I, nothing felt like I could start moving out and date. So just as I was about to give up, I, I'll never forget this. I looked in the mirror and it was just that one day that I really took a hard look and I realized I was horrified at what I saw. I saw this frumpy mom, really sad in this dark period of her life and my clothes reflected it. And I said, you know, enough is enough. I need to do something different. And so this is where I did something really untraditional. I went shopping, okay? So like I did the very non-traditional route shopping therapy, nothing fit me. I'm like, I, I just need a little refresh. So I go to the store and I think I'm up leveling myself. No, what am I doing? I'm putting all the black clothes in my arms again. And this personal shopper, she came up to me and I now refer her as my guardian angel. She said, ma'am, I've been watching you and I really think you should try this on. And she holds up a red dress that looked like three sizes too small. And I said, that's very sweet of you, but that is not my size. And it's so not my color. She said, honey, that is your size. That is your color. Try it on. And it was like, she hit me over the head with that red dress. And when I came to, it was like, I was almost subconscious in, in a subconscious way thinking, you know, she, she just knocked me over. I really heard it. And she is right. So I'm going to try that dress on, darn it. And so I take the dress, I squeeze into it, twirl around like Cinderella and bam, there I was. I was like, I staring at myself, like I looked like a princess, like, wow, I haven't seen myself like this really in so long, maybe if not years. And I decided to buy that red dress that day. This is where everything changed and how I work with people now. And I, I decided that it was more of like a costume because I still didn't believe it. And I, I'm like, I'm just going to wear it out and about and see what happens. And guess what happened? All these men started noticing me. And I didn't like it. And this was like, the, this was like when it, it 
shook me. I'm like, wow, this whole time I was using the black clothes as a cloak to keep me invisible because really I had a hard time being seen, you know? And so I had to get used to being seen. I had to get used to putting out signals that I was interested, that I was open for business, that I was dateable. And that red dress was the vehicle to which helped me get there. And that's when I flipped the script of even just the paradigm in which I work. So there was this symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner when it comes to confidence that's not superficial. How we feel on the outside is definitely related to how we feel on the inside. And it's one of the quickest gateways into building some confidence. So that's when I started this journey with doing makeovers and whatnot. And then now I work from the outside in, and that's where the charisma quotient formula is born. And we can talk a little bit about that, but really it's kind of a three prong approach because I believe when you start from the outside in which I call your style intelligence, meaning how you dress, how you market yourself, the body language signals that you send your energy your happiness, like that's what really attracts people to people. And from there, I go inward and work on your emotional intelligence, how we express ourselves, the vulnerability. This is where the therapist in me really like helps people with that and the way people connect. And then the third pillar is your social intelligence. And that is your interpersonal communication skills, how we how we relate to each other. And yes, that includes flirting. So flirting is a big part of my business that I teach. And that's how my business was born. And that's how I work with people. That's great. I love wearing colors. I love pink. I love blue, purple, all those fun colors. So when you first realized the red dress made you feel a certain way, made you attract looks from the opposite sex, how do you roll that into one nice package for your clients to be like, okay, let's start here. Like, how do they, what if they are resistant to getting colorful clothes? What if they want to stay with the grays and the beiges or the blacks and the browns? Like, how do you change their thought process about splashing colors in their wardrobe? Yeah. You know, it's not just about the color. I mean, the color is a metaphor of really kind of how you put yourself out there in the ways that you dress. And I think the best way of handling that objection is really looking at what I do with people with style. And I call it the three C rule. Um, I'm very scientific in the way I approach clothes. You know, I'm not about, I'm not this cookie cutter approach stylist that says, oh, just wear this and you'll look fabulous. This is what's in style. Because every body looks different in different cuts. Every lifestyle is different. To your point, there might be certain colors that speak to that person, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not pushing them just to, you know, wear this red dress and like magic, you'll get a boyfriend, you know, it's, it is about just the marketing of yourself. And, um, I find that in these three C's, like everyone can do this right now in their closet and do like a little audit. The first C is what I call the cut is the cut of your clothes flattering 
your particular body type. And there's, if you're a woman, there are five body types. If you're a man, there are three body types. And it's simply measuring your bone structure and determining what body type you are and what clothes flatter your figure and what clothes to stay away from. In fact, I have a, actually a style guide. If you just go to kimmyseltzer.com forward slash style, you can pick yourself up a, a guide and it'll teach you how to measure yourself. And then from there, you can feel more confident in the way you look in clothes. I, you know, I do a lot of makeovers, both virtual and in person. And it's amazing when somebody puts on something that fits them well, they stand a little taller, they walk out a little different, you know? And so the cut makes a huge difference. The second is C is the color and different um, skin tones also reflect in different colors. So like there could be a red that looks really good on you, but not on me, you know, cause there's an orange red, there's berry red, like there's all kinds of different reds. Um, now the, the question you asked about the comfort level and color, that's where the therapist in me comes in <laughs> and saying like, what is it about color that might be hard for you to wear? Like it was kind of like my story, right? I didn't think I'm like, oh, well, just reds, just not me, you know, but really in the end, it was too loud. Like I didn't, I, I felt like too out there with it. Now, those of you who live in New York, I'm, you know, I'm giving you a break because everyone in New York wears black, you know, there's certain lifestyles too, that you see and where you live in the country. It depends on that too. But I will say this, and I'm just going to say that and don't kill the messenger that there has been research done that when women wear red or pink, they get more clicks on their pictures and they get asked out more. And so red is a color of attraction. And it's there's scientific proof now of that. Um, they even determined that it has a link to fertility for men. It's a subconscious thing. So that's why they're attracted. And like if you're a man, blue is a color that women find attractive. So Again, it's kind of fun knowing these things that like, what if in your profile or if you're getting, you know, matched and you have a, a picture, why wouldn't you have a picture that has red or blue and just seeing the difference? Like, it's kind of a fun social experiment, too. And that, again, can build confidence. If you get more action, you get, you know, more like um, compliments, you know, in the way you look. The third C is confident clothing. And what I mean by that is everyone has an outfit that they can pull that they know they feel confident in. It's take out that outfit and look at it and say, well, what is it about this outfit that I really like? Do I get complimented in it? Does it feel cozy? Um, do you like the way it feels on your body? Like get some of those elements and then just try to replicate it in other outfits. So that's a simple way of starting. And it takes kind of that sting out of, well, oh, you just have to wear this. It's more looking at you specifically and personalizing it. Very nice. Very nice. So what other uh, things would you say you're a confidence therapist, right? So being a confidence therapist, how else do you make <laughs> or help people become more confident when they're dating after 40? Yeah, well, you know, it kind of coincides. I do a lot of workshops and um, talks on the three areas of confidence. You know, the interesting thing about confidence is that I define it a little bit differently. So I believe there's not one person out there who's not just confident overall. There's usually an area in people's lives 
where they don't feel confident. Why? Because they haven't had experience in it or positive exposure to it. So how do you get more confident? You get more experience and you get more positive exposure to it. And I know it sounds very fundamental and simple, but this is true. If you don't feel confident in flirting, for instance, well, how do you get confident? Well, maybe you practice making eye contact. If eye contact's really hard for you, maybe you practice smiling, you know, and it, it, it's that repetition. And as you do that, you get more feedback from people, which again, increases your confidence. So there's actually three different kinds of confidence in people. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. We sometimes think about more that inner. Well, there's actually three. The first one being the outer confidence. This is what I was talking about before, which goes with your style intelligence. It's how do you feel about your body and how you look and your presentation, you know, like how you move through the world. Where are you at with your outer confidence? Then the second is your inner confidence. How resilient are you? How how confident are you as a person with your self-worth and your value where if someone ghosts you, you don't care? You know, it's it doesn't hinder on your self-worth. Are you able to brush it off and say, good, it's not the person for me? Or you'd be like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, like there's different ways that we take in information. And a lot of it's based on our upbringing, patterns, messages we got growing up, all of those things. The third area of confidence is your social confidence. Now, this is also a big thing. There's people who have a lot of social anxiety or they consider themselves introverts or, you know, just even like approaching someone or being approached. Going on a first date is hard because they don't know what kind of conversations they're going to have. Like, I can't tell you how many times I just train people how to have conversation that's fun, that's light, that's storytelling so that they get to the next date rather than being in your head all the time, right? So there's different areas. And really what I would encourage you, if you're listening, to do is take those three areas and rate them on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst. Where do you fall in each of those areas of inner, outer, and social confidence? And that lower number, that's where you start doing the work. And I would say, just pick one area in each you know, kind of domain to practice something. And, and it makes it so much easier when it's more based on your skill set than, oh, just be more confident, <laughs> right? Like, what does that mean? So what are some of those things that you can share with us how to practice in those areas? Yeah. Well, you know, um, it just so happens, May, that I am doing a workshop. <laughs> Tell us up. about that. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And I will I will dangle a, a couple of um, goodies and things that people can do right away that we'll probably dive more into at the workshop. But I'm really focusing on your wardrobe and your body language. And so like if you're working on just say your outer confidence, which I recommend doing first, you know, because a lot of people think that they have like a nice wardrobe or they that they're they're dressing fine. But is your wardrobe a dating wardrobe? Like women, are you 
dressing up for the guy or are you dressing up for other women? <laughs> and this is the big mistake I see a lot of women, you know, make and they're not thinking about what men like. And same with men. Men, are your outfits up to date? Or, you know, do you still have like pleats in your pants? And oh my God, if you have pleats in your pants, men, like you got to contact me. <laughs> well, we got a lot of work to do. Um, but so I would say like, pick one of those areas like with your wardrobe and maybe like your body language and just practice one thing and and then just do an experiment and see if it makes a difference in the way that you're being perceived or the signals that you get from someone or even the interactions that you have. So I'll give you an example. I, I'll never forget this. Um, there was a woman, she came to me and she said, Kim, I really just need to know how to like flirt with men and interact and all that jazz. And she wanted just pure dating coaching. I said, that's great. So we met and I realized that part of the problem was she was hiding in her clothes. Now, here's the thing. She had expensive clothes. She had really nice taste, but it, she, she met me and she had this big like wrap that was wrapped all the way around her and she didn't have a lot of makeup on. And she was like, she was just hiding. It was, she was like in a little cocoon. I said, I, I think the first exercise I want you to do, do me a favor. I want you to get red lipstick and put it on and just walk out into the world and wear the red lipstick every single day for a week and just report back what happened. So we have our coaching call and she's like, oh my God. I cannot believe what happened. I said, what happened? She's like that magic red bullet. I said, what happened? So well, I, I did what you said. And Kimmy, everywhere I went, it was like guys were talking to me on, you know, on the bus. Like she was in, I, th I think she was in a city. And so she's like on the bus and the Uber and restaurants, like guys were just coming up to me. And, and because they were approaching me, I felt more confident in talking back to them. And she actually got asked out that week. That's beautiful. Now, right. And it was just, the, and it was starting small. And then from there, I created a monster, quite honestly, because we went shopping. I got her these beautiful, like dating clothes that she felt super sexy in. And, and I, I did, we did such a good job on her that now her friends like come to her as for advice, like for fashion advice and that kind of thing. So this is the beauty and just seeing her confidence soar. And what's so cool about working from the outside in is that it, it's symbiotic, as I said before, but you see it all kind of working together. Because as I see people shift in their clothes and the way they look in the mirror and they see themselves, their body language is different. They're standing a little taller. They're able to just put themselves out there more. And this is all where it all starts. Like May, I, I don't know, and because you do matchmaking and I, I did back in the day, like how many times do you put together two great people, but like the first impression just is not there, you know, like maybe they're stiff, there was no flirting, they didn't put themselves out there, they didn't dress in a way. And so if you weren't the middle woman, maybe they would have died, but you know, maybe you encourage that again. And then the second date, it's so much better. And the third, you know, but when there's no may in between, like, what are people supposed to do? And a lot of times that gets lost. So a first impression is everything. Cause here's the thing. You could do all the inner work till the cows come home. You could have all these things in place, but 
if you're not marketing yourself, love might pass you by. And this is my message. This is what my TEDx talk was just about. Like this, it, I'm so strong on this because I, I just see how it can transform people and the way that they see themselves. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's not about the man. It's not about the woman. It's about you. When you feel sexy and you love you, that's when other people will too. I totally agree with that. But getting back, I mean, all that stuff you said is so golden. I mean, I think a lot of people need to realize that you need to do something different. I know a lot of matchmakers and date coaches always preach, give them a chance. You know, don't take everything so personally, just give someone a chance, give someone a chance. But that's really it. When you talk to a matchmaker or a dating coach, they're the ones guiding you, asking you the questions that will make you have your own aha moments and be like, oh, I should give them a chance. So I totally get that. But I know we talked a little bit about flirting. So how do you teach people how to flirt after 40? Like, don't they just come to you and think, gosh, I've made it this far. I know how to flirt. You don't need to tell me how to flirt. Or people are like, I really don't know how to flirt. I'm not even sure how I landed my first husband. Like, where are people at after 40? What are their thoughts? Yes, yes, and yes. It's it's all of the above, quite honestly. And you know, flirting is an interesting word. It raises a lot of eyebrows. It, it There's a strong like association with that word that instills a lot of emotion, <laughs> um, right? Like, and, and it's interesting. So what I find to be true and when I'm teaching flirting is really first starting with what their definition of flirting is. And you know, what's fascinating is that when you look in the dictionary, do you know what the definition of flirting is? This is so interesting. Do you know what it is? Just engaging, asking questions, being curious, no. smiling. Well, those are all like behaviors that you might see, right? But the, the true definition is to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. Okay. Period. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But that last sentence is so crucial because getting attached to the outcome is what trips everyone up. And these are the excuses that a lot of people have. Some of them are what you said, like, oh, I'm too old for this, or I don't know how, or, oh, this is easy, or it, it, I don't actually hear this is easy. I never hear that. I hear that maybe people like flirting, but they don't know how to like maybe take it to the next step. Right. Or it's more fear-based. I'm fear of rejection. Um, I, I'm I'm worried that I'm giving the wrong signal to someone I don't like. Um, that's a that's a big one. I, I hear a lot of times, and I see it all the time. Why would I flirt with someone I'm not interested in? And but that's the point, right? What you said. The definition is you don't care about the outcome. You're just right having fun, and you know, yeah. And and it's that magnetism, it's the charisma. That's why I love that word. It's it's an energy that just kind of draws people to you. And then you get to determine who you want to move on with. And and so many people I find are in their heads now. They're worried about what other people think. They're worried about the outcome. They're wor you know, worried about attracting that bad person. And as we get older, life happens. And so a lot of us have had, you know, toxic relationships or things that didn't work. So we have our guard up mm -hmm. and we have filters on. And so I always like to equate it to kids. I love watching kids 
to me, they're the most flirtatious people that you can watch that will be good models for you. You know, maybe about four or five years old or they haven't developed that filter. Like they don't, like if little Johnny doesn't look at little Susie in the playground and say, oh, I shouldn't approach her. She doesn't look interested. <laughs> it's right. like, you right. know, that that kid will just go up to little Susie and say, hey, you want to play? Right. So like it, it's that energy that's so present. And that's the beauty of flirtation too, because it keeps you really present. Instead of worrying about the past or worrying about the future, it's worrying about what is, what's now. Um, I have so many countless stories. You know, I, I do these dating retreats actually. And, um, and I also go into the field and I teach people how to flirt. I, I love the experiential part because that's when I really get to shape and shift people in real time. And um, it was so fascinating because a lot of times people don't even realize you know, maybe they have like the RBFs on the resting bitch faces or they don't, <laughs> that's real y'all. I see it out in there. Um, or they don't realize the clothes they're wearing is hiding and, or fear of approaching or being approached. Like there's so much out there that you don't realize it was cute. Cause at my last retreat, um, I got the women feeling so sexy and so flirtatious and we did makeovers. We had a photo shoot um, we'd had salsa dancing lessons. It was like, it was amazing. And then when they were going out to flirt with the men, I mean, the men's jaws just dropped. They couldn't believe the female energy that was coming, you know, from that. And, and these were women who were shy, high achievers, work horses, not thinking that they were, you know, able to flirt at their age, you know? And so it just shows you that there's, there's, no sense of age, ethnicity, the, the, flirting doesn't discriminate. You know, you could flirt. I taught an 85 year old woman how to flirt at a bar, you know, and, and she picked up a guy. So it, it's such a crucial skill. And also with that is having fun. I think that's a big thing that I'm seeing so much across the board. No one's having fun. And it's like learning how to play and laugh and being more light rather than so serious and interviewing each other. And oh my God, it's, it's gotten so serious that everyone's forgetting to play. And so it's a big part of also my business and helping people play, whether it's at the retreat or at the workshops, you know, we, we have, we have to learn how to play because that's again, what attracts each other. I love it. I love it. Well, tell me a little bit about your workshop that you have coming up so I can spread the word and tell people to join you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thanks. Mate. Well, you know, um, I'm super excited about it. There is a series um, of called Stop Hating Dating series because everyone's hating dating right now. And the first one being April 11th. Um, we are focusing on the outside on the first impression makeover, I'm calling it. And it's co-ed, it's interactive. And it's, you know, only two hours. Um, if you only want to come for the first hour, you can. If you want to upgrade and come into the Zoom room with me and we're going to do some live coaching and activities in there based on your style and body language. So that's going to be super fun. Um, and it's a great way to just get some feedback from each other and have a, a real like fun discussion about it. But I have lots of juicy tips around, you know, creating your sexy confidence with your clothes, your body language, how you send signals out 
That's the other thing. I'll just say this. People don't realize that 93% of communication is nonverbal. So, so many people like focus on, well, what do I say? What do I say? But the truth is, is that 93% of the communication is nonverbal, which means how you present is even more important than what you say in that initial impression stage. So once you get that dialed in, can you imagine how much easier the rest will be? So come and join me. I would love to have you. I mean, there is limited seats, so I encourage you to sign up as soon as you can. Okay. I will put all that information in the show notes. And thank you so much, uh, Kimmy, for joining me today. Such great tips. And just want to thank everybody out there for listening. And women, if you're open to being set up, I would love to hear from you. Please go to my website at twoasianmatchmakers.com. Always seeking beautiful women to meet my great guys and have a great day. Bye, everybody.